First Timothy chapter 3, we'll read verses 14 through 16. Say this. Those things, these things write I unto thee, these things write I unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of the truth. Verse 16, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, <coughs> received up into glory. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness and grace. And Lord, I'm glad that you are good all the time. I'm glad thou changest not. <coughs> Lord, I'm glad that, Lord, whatever might be going on in our hearts and minds and lives, we can rest, help us to rest in the faithfulness of God. If we'll just be faithful to rest in the faithfulness of God, dear Lord, everything will work out to your honor and glory and to our benefit. Lord, again, we pray for the great needs among us. Lord, we thank of Sister Muxlow this morning, Sister Baruch, uh, Sister Judy. Lord, thank you that Sister Barnett could be here uh, this morning, I pray for Brother Thomas, Lord, please continue to help him there. And we think of uh, Brother Wood and just others that are upon our heart this morning. Lord, please be with them. Lord, we pray for somebody that might be here, somebody that might be listening, or Lord, maybe somebody that was witnessed to by somebody here, dear Lord, that uh, needs to be saved for whatever reason at this point of their life. They've not yet been born again. Lord, be a great thing if the Word of God, Lord, and the Spirit of God would convict that heart, touch that heart, open that heart. Uh, dear God, that today, Lord, they would repent and put their trust in the blood, death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Lord, help us to keep our eyes on you. And uh, Lord, to thy glory, build your local church. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. So we just want to look at uh, verse uh, 16 here. Verse 16 again says this, And without controversy... Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. What a wonderful verse. And uh, notice it says, the mystery of godliness. Mystery. You know, natural man scratches his head trying to figure out this God thing. Right? He just, you know, uh, he, he just doesn't get it. Why? Because it's a mystery. Of course, a mystery, right? That's something that, uh, uh, well, a biblical mystery is this. Something that is unknown to man, right? Unknown to man and can only be known by divine revelation, right? Uh, God had to reveal it. And you see things that uh, the Bible talks about, you know, mysteries. And then when he, like uh, Paul talks about some mysteries that, you know, God revealed to him and, and others, right? And so uh, God uh, uh, decides to reveal it. And so he clears up that ministry, ministry uh, mystery. So we want to, th- I want to say this, thank God, amen, that he revealed it and still delights to reveal it, that great mystery of godliness. And how did he do that? Well, God was manifest in the flesh. That word manifest means to make clear, obvious, evident, Plain, clearly visible to the eye or obvious to the understanding. Not obscure, not difficult. That's how God 
wants uh, 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 them to understand godliness through the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I often say God is in the revealing business. And of course, as we see in this verse, the greatest thing that God ever revealed, God ever manifested, God ever made known, made clear, made visible, made uh, uh, obvious was, right, when he revealed himself to man, right? He revealed himself through his beloved son, all right, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, when he revealed him in the flesh. John talked about it. We see these verses in 1 John. You can turn there. I'll just go through because it's in several chapters. But, of course, how does 1 John start off? 1 John 1.1 1, 1 and 1, 1.2 say this, talking about when Jesus Christ was manifest, when he was made uh, known. I like the way John says it. He says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, our hands have handled, of the word of life. Boy, just, just that thought of, of, of hearing God, of seeing God, of, of being able to, to, to handle God. Now, thank God one day he touched you, but think about that one day we'll be in heaven, man. You'll be able to, you'll be able to put your hands on the Lord uh, Jesus Christ. And, of course, the disciples got to do that. They got to walk with him. And, and boy, can you imagine uh, the disciples waking up in the morning and be able to go up and just put their arm on Jesus and say, Lord, how you doing today, man? How are, you, how are you doing? So good to see you. And boy, just uh, being able to interact with him to that degree. And it says this in verse 2. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father and manifested unto us also. So what a wonderful thing that God manifested himself in the flesh through the Lord Jesus Christ. Of course, that's what Emmanuel means, right? God with us. I mean, his name says it right there that, hey, I'm God, I'm God, and I'm with you. You know, and uh, uh, John tells us some of the reasons that he was manifested. First John 3, 5 says this, and you know he was manifested, why? To take away our sins. Hey, he just didn't show up to be seen. He showed up to accomplish something. And one of those things was to take away our sins. And, of course, in him is no sin. And what a wonderful thing that God decided to do that. Another reason that he came, verse 8 of 1 John 3, He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. What a wonderful thing to take away our sin, to destroy the works of the devil. And then in verse 1 John 4, 9 says this, And this in this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. So God is in the revealing business. The greatest thing that he ever revealed was himself through the Lord Jesus Christ. And he came to reveal himself. I mean, it's great uh, that they got to hear him. It's great that they got to touch him. It's great that they got to the fellowship with him. But if that's all that was able to be done, you know, it would have been a temporary joy. It would have been a temporary pleasure. But no, it's an eternal joy. It's eternal pleasure because he just didn't come so he could talk to the disciples or so they could touch him, so they could hang out with him three and a half years. He came to take away our sin. He came to destroy the works of the devil. And he came, right, to make clearly seen the love of God for you and I. You know, I remember uh, when I was on the mission field years ago, there was a, a, a missionary I took to a village, and, and he brought, so I don't even know how it came up, but he, he brought up this fact that, well, you know, God doesn't start loving people until they get saved. 
<laughs> Boy, he and I got in a nice, uh, 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 how you want to say, emotional discussion, if you will, uh, right there in the middle of that gypsy village. I'm like, man, what? I like you. You think that, man? You might as well get on the plane and go back home if you think something like that. Hey, aren't you glad you didn't have to wait? You know, no. That's how you got saved, right? Boy, like she, the song just saying, listen, because he looked past our fault and he saw our need, because he loved us already. Hey, man, before you came on the scene, uh, uh, he loved you. And that's a wonderful thing. And that's a wonderful thing to be able to say somebody. I'm glad that when I went to, uh, when I go talk to me, I don't say, you know what? God sure would like to love you. And if you'd get saved, man, he'd, he'd start loving you today. Oh, no. It's, it's good to say, you know what? Here you are in your sin. And if you die in your sin, unfortunately, you're going to go to hell. But you know what? God loves you. He doesn't want you to die in your sin. He doesn't want you. He wants to save you. And he, he manifested that love by allowing the Lord Jesus Christ to come here in the flesh and walk the earth and die for you and shed his blood for you and be buried and raised again the third day for you. Man, how could you turn and reject the love of God and how clearly he has made it known? That's a wonderful thing to be able to say to people when sharing the love of God. I like what Peter says. Peter says it this way in chapter 1, verses 19 and 20, 1 Peter 1, 19 and 20. But with the precious blood of Christ, oh man, where would we be today without the blood? But with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Right? They, would, they would bring those uh, uh, sheep to be sacrificed. I think you mentioned this the other day, right? See, I was listening, right? Talking about them sheep, how they go over them and they try to find that blemish and they'd go over it, they'd go over it, they'd go over it, they'd go over it, and ah, we didn't find nothing. This one's good to go. And boy, that's what they did with Jesus Christ, right? I mean, Pilate, they examined him and they tried this and they tried that. And what Pilate say? I find no fault in him. I find no fault in him. Hey, listen, I'm glad I can say after uh, uh, being saved almost 36 years, right? I find no fault in him. He, he's a, he is the lamb without blemish, right? The precious blood of Christ. But he says this in verse 20, who verily was foreordained, right? Now, uh, you weren't foreordained, right? Uh, uh, necessarily that you were going to uh, get saved. But listen, your salvation and the way of salvation, thank God, was foreordained. Now, say, so right? And that you can get in on that when you believe on Jesus, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world. But look at this, was manifest in these last times. Here it is for you. Why was he manifest? Why did God allow Jesus to come in the flesh? Well, we know he came to, to die for sin, to take away the deeds, of the, uh, uh, the deeds of the devil, and right to show the love of God. But here he says, these last times, for you. That's a great verse to show somebody when you're witness. Do you know why Jesus Christ came? Well, let me show you. He came for you, and 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 he came. That's, that, isn't that a wonderful thing that you can say that to everybody uh, you meet? I mean, I think of all the, uh, the traveling I've done. I think of all the villages I've been in and all the uh, people I've met around. And there's not one person that I could walk into and, and say, and he did it for you, 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 and he did it for you. That is a wonderful thing. That is a wonderful message to be able to get out there and share that God was manifest in the flesh. He came to take away sin. He came to destroy the deeds of the devil. He came to show the love of God, and he came for you. And that's a wonderful thing to understand that God is in the revealing business. And the main thing he wanted to reveal was his beloved son, his love, and the way of salvation for you. This verse goes on to say, God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit. 
Now, usually when we hear that word justify, right, we think about our salvation. And if I said, well, uh, what's justify mean? You said, but what? To be declared righteous. But here, what? Jesus didn't have to be declared righteous. He was righteous. So in this case, for the believer, justify means to be declared righteous, right? We get saved. The blood of Jesus Christ is applied. God declares us righteous at that point. And what is righteousness? His right in us. That's a good way to think about righteousness. What is righteous? Jesus. All that's right about Jesus in us makes us righteous. His right in us is what makes us righteous. But that is not what it means concerning Christ. Here it means he was verified to be righteous, right? The Holy Spirit verified that this is God in the flesh and he is the righteous one and he is the anointed one. The Holy Spirit came to verify that, amen, through his life and uh, to the people. He verify that he is a holy God. He does not have to be declared righteous in that sense. He already is. And the Holy Ghost verified that fact by verifying who and what he was in the flesh. And then it goes on to say in verse 16, and then what? Believed on in the world. That's where we get in. That's where we get in. The greatest day in one's life, at least in my life, is when the Word of God and the Spirit of God manifest to you individually who Christ is. That's why I got saved that night, because I heard the gospel and the Word of God and the Spirit of God Work together in my heart that night, work together in your heart that night, and reveal to you, again, what's manifest mean to make clearly known, to make obvious, right? To, to, to get away the confusion. And the Spirit of God and the Word of God, they came in agreement in my heart and, they, and said, that is him, Jeff. That's the one you need to believe on. That's the one that can forgive you of your sin. That's the one that can give you eternal life. That's the one that can transform you. He's the one, Jeff. Will you believe on him? And I said, oh, it's clear now. It's obvious. I can see it now. I can understand it now. Amen. It was manifest to me, clearly made known. And that night, amen, all right, I put my trust in what, I, what was manifested to me through the Word of God and the Spirit of God, and I got saved by the grace of God. That's him, right? Uh, just like uh, 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 Jesus said to Peter that day when he said, who do men say that I am? And he said, thou art the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus said, blessed art thou, Simon, our journey. flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee, but my Father. And that's what the Father does. He's in the job of revealing things. And it's his, he's in the job of manifesting, right, who his Son is and that people can believe on him. And so he says, who Christ is, that's him. You understand it, you see, and then you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. So what a wonderful thing. One, God's in the revealing business. And again, the greatest thing he ever revealed was his own son and then allowed him to pay the price for our sin. But here's a great thing, right? Believed on in the world. But we also see through the Word of God, not only uh, uh, was he manifest through Jesus Christ, but do you know that after you're saved, he wants to manifest Jesus Christ through you. Another wonderful truth to know is that once you are saved, God wants to use you to manifest his Son through the Lord Jesus Christ, right? So listen, how did I get saved? Well, Jesus was manifest to me through the Word of God and the Spirit of God, but also through the two people witnessing to me. 
right? God used those two, uh, Mike Mayo and Terrence Denefield. Well, of course, I'll never uh, forget their name. Those are the two men that knocked on my door that night with the Word of God in their hand, the Spirit of God in their heart, and shared the gospel with me. You see, through, through the Word of God, the Spirit of God, but also the lives of those two men, right? Jesus Christ was clearly seen. And that's how God wants to use you to be a witness. Like uh, 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 when we go out and witness, sometimes we don't always have a time to give somebody the gospel. But when they see that difference in your life, when they see how you act and react to things on the job, what are you doing? You're letting Jesus Christ be manifest, clearly seen through your life. And that is our responsibility as Christians. Like they say, preach the word, use words if you have to, right? By manifesting. Let me give you some uh, good verses. 2 Corinthians 3, 2 says this. Ye are our epistles written in our hearts. Look at this. Known and read of what? All men. All men. You've heard that saying. You may be the only Bible people ever read. You may be the only Bible people ever read. Or you may, maybe a better way to say it is, hopefully, you're the first Bible <laughs> that people read. Amen? The first Bible that people read. So it says, read of all men. Verse 3 says this, for as much, look at this, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 3, for as much as ye are manifestly, there it is right there, manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ. Well, you say, well, listen, I know there's only six of this. Are there other epistles? You know, you've heard people try to say, well, you know, that's not the whole word of God. There's this epistle and there's that epistle. Well, hey, hey, I can do you better than that. There's an epistle, Jeff. There's an epistle, Ben. Right? There's an epistle, uh, Priscilla. Right? Hey, you see, Ruth? Ruth's not the only right female. Right? There's other ones. And so you're an epistle of God, it says, declared to be the epistle, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God. You see, how do we get this word? This word was written by the Spirit of the living God. We believe that. But also you, as an epistle of Christ, if you will, right? Written by the Spirit of God, right? Not of tables of stone, but of fleshly tables of the heart. And boy, what a wonderful thing that is. Think about that. Not only can I take the, have the opportunity to take the word of God and share who Jesus is, but Christ has made such a difference in my life that my life, amen, I can take my life. You, can, you know, you can't always walk around a uh, 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 work like, hey, can I show you something? You know, hey, can I show you something? Hey, can, can you take a minute? Can I read this to you? You can't walk around work like that, right? It'd be nice, but right, you're supposed to, I mean, it's a good testimony to do your job. You can't say, can I show you something? You can't always open up your Bible at work and say, can I show you something? But through your life, again, your action and reaction, you are showing them something. You are showing them, amen, the truth of who Christ is and the difference that he's made in your life. So that should be an encouragement to you. Amen. That's exciting that Christ, that God want to manifest and reveal to me his son. And now that I believed on him, that not only does that, he adds me to the arsenal, if you will, of being able to manifest who Christ is. So he manifests himself, and then now he wants to manifest through me. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 10 and 11 say this, Also bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus, look at this, the life also of Jesus what, what? might be manifest in our body. 
Verse 11, for we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Why? Because again, the Christian life is not living by a set of rules. The Christian life is Christ being seen through. It's him living through you. That his life, we know that God was manifest through Jesus Christ. And now it's our responsibility once we're saved to let Christ be manifest or seen through us. And that's a, to be an effective witness for him. But let me uh, move on. So we see he manifested himself. He wants to manifest through uh, us. But also there's other things that he wants to manifest. He wants to manifest more to you. Because he's in the revealing business and he revealed his son, thank God. And now he wants to reveal his son uh, through you. But there's also more that he wants to reveal to you. We also need to understand God wants to manifest, reveal other things to us. Again, God is not the author of confusion. God delights to give clear direction in our lives. He delights to give clear direction to his church. And we have the responsibility. We have the responsibility to walk close enough to him, to walk close enough to God. You know, we read that in 1 John. What did they do? They heard him. They saw him. They had him. They understood him. And we have, and if you read the rest of that epistle, what it say? We can have that same fellowship. Even though he isn't here physically, there's no excuse for us not to have that same intimate fellowship with him. Even though we can't physically put our hand on him. Well, maybe I can't put my hand on him, but I'm glad I can put my hand up to him. Amen. Oh, I'm, I'm glad. Uh, I don't know if he feels my touch, but you know what? I, I still feel his touch in my life. And so uh, we have the responsibility to walk close enough to him that we hear him when he speaks and see him, see, if you will, when he shows us something. Let me uh, give you some verses that show how he still wants to manifest things to us. He still wants to guide us in life. Here's a great verse. Isaiah 30, verse 21 says this. In thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way. Walk ye in it. Well, that's what, what God said. Lord, I... I don't know what to do. I'm not sure which way to go. Well, hey, get with God. Pray because God wants to say, if, if you're confused about something, you're not sure, sure which way to go to life. God wants to say to you, this is the way. Walk ye in it. You see, now he doesn't just say, hey, oh, well, you know, hey, there's here's a few options. No, God wants to reveal specific things to you. And one of those things, this is the way. Hey, what do I do? What do I do in this situation? Remember, in every situation, God has a will. That's what's exciting. Oh, man, this just happened. What do I do? What do I do? Hey, listen, I go to God because God has a specific will in every situation. This right here, this is the way. Walk in it. He wants to reveal when you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left. Look, verse 226, remember when Jesus was born, those that were still in the temple, he says this, and, and talking about the, um, the man that was still in the temple, he says this, and it was revealed unto him, revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost, Luke 226, that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. That, that was revealed to him. That was revealed to him. Boy, can you imagine that day? Wow, great, there's Jesus. Oh, well, I got about till midnight. 
I don't know how soon he died after that, but at least he knew he was going to live till then. I don't know. I don't know how much longer the Lord let him live, but can you, hey, you're not going to die. And then, hey, there he is. Uh, yeah, I'm excited he's here, but now I know it's time for me to, time for me to go. I mean, he was getting that, at the, getting that at the same time, but he revealed it to him. He reve- See, people think, listen, no, God wants to reveal, guide you in your life. It's not always, you know, we, we always think, oh, for God to reveal something, it has to be some big spiritual thing. No, he wants to guide the steps of your life. He wants to, you need an answer to something. He wants to give you a yes. He wants to give you a no. He wants to give you this person or he wants to get no or that person. You see that in the word of God. Acts 13, 2, we looked at that, and, that's, and he ministered to the Lord and fasted. The Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work I undo. God made it clear. This is what I want. Acts 8, 29, the Spirit said unto Philip, go near, join thyself to this chariot. That's how sensitive we want to be the Lord. When we're witnessing to somebody, as we're going through, we're trying to get something. Listen, he said, Philip's standing there. I don't know how many people are there, but God specifically said, see that man right there? Go talk to that man. That is the man you need to talk to. That is the man I want to witness to. Listen, has God ever, you been able to say, God led me to that person? I think about when I was on the mission field, well, first time I went to the Ukraine, we landed on the boat, we got there and we didn't know what to do. And I was standing there in that port asking the Lord for direction. And God specifically said, go talk to that man. God led me directly to that man. And I went up and talked to him. He spoke English. He was able to exchange some money for me and help me get into town. And then when I was at the train station, I needed help buying a ticket. This is funny. I'll never forget it. I, I was looking for somebody, and, and there was this big muscular guy there, right? Big, I'll never forget this. He's got a big muscular guy. And I know the Lord said, go talk to that man. And then I said, there's no way I'm talking to that guy, man. That guy's too big. And then I'll never forget this. And there was some guy standing there. He looked like a professor. He had glasses on. He was reading, but he looked very intellectual. I said, he's got to speak English, right? And I go, uh, English, can you help me? Yet. Yet. I turned around and there's that big muscular guy there. And he's like, uh, I'm like, <laughs> don't hit me, right? Uh, uh, could you help me? Yes, how can I help you? I need to buy a ticket. Okay, I'll help you. I'm like, I'll never, uh, I'll never get. He helped me buy my ticket, then, he, then he, uh, he left and I didn't even try to shake his hand. But, you know, but, but see, God still does that. So, oh, well, that's in the Bible. Yeah, yeah, and that, that, that's still in your life. It's not only in the Bible, but God wants that in your, in your life. Go, join yourself to that man. You see, that's a specific man I want you to talk to. Hey, that's a specific person I want you to marry. That's a specific person, right, that I want you to choose for God's will. Yes, God can lead you to a specific person. He says it right there. God not only wants to reveal our steps, but he also wants to reveal our stops. Acts 16, 6. Now, when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. You know what? I thank God for 36 years he's, begot, he's guided my steps. But I'm also thankful that for, 30, for 36 years he's guided my stops too and directed me. If you, if you go through there, See, Paul was just trying to do it. And you, you, what you see is he, he funneled, if you will, Paul down by his starts and his, by his steps and his stops. God funneled him right to where he wanted him to be. So we need to be sensitive to the steps. 
we need to be sensitive to the stops as we're out here trying to exist through life and allow God to funnel us right to where he wants us to be in his plan for our life and for the church. That's the way God works. God has many things he wants to reveal to us individually and as a church, more than we can imagine, more than we can imagine if we'll stay close to him. We know these verses, 1 Corinthians 2, 9. I don't know why people think this has to do with heaven, but as is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Right? Verse 10, but God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. Hey, when I get to heaven, God's not going to have to reveal anything by his spirit. I'll be able to physically see that mansion. I'll be able to physically see Jesus. I'll be able to physically walk down those streets. I'll be able to physically pick that fruit. Where do I need God to reveal things to me by his spirit? Here. Lord, I need you to reveal things to me. I need you to reveal my steps. I need you to reveal my stops. I need you to reveal to me my yeses, my noes, my direction in life. This is the way. Walk ye in it. One of the ways a church stays in unity and moves forward together is through praying together and God revealing his will and direction to us together. Listen, we should think the same thing about the same thing. As a church, we should think the same thing about the same. Listen, God doesn't, when God's leading a church, he leads a church together. He leads the people together if they're praying together and being sensed together. We should think the same thing about the same thing. Let me give you a couple of verses here. Philippians 3.15 says this, Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. Now, of course, he's given some instruction before that and the way they ought to think. He says, listen, this is the way we need to think. We need to be thus minded. If anything, you be, look at this, otherwise minded, right? If some of you think different, so to speak, look, this is the way you need to think. But if any of you think different about it, what? God shall reveal this unto you. Husband and wife. Well, uh, 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 honey, I think this is the way the Lord's uh, a leanness. Now, sure, uh, we think, yeah, well, if the Lord's leading the man like that, should the, should the wife, we can say, well, the wife should just follow. I agree with that. But it's better when she not just agrees because she's following her husband, it agrees because they're both praying and they're both walking with God and God reveals to both of them and the unity is through God, not just because, you know, uh, fallen in line, so to speak, right? Even in a church, hey, should there be change? Well, the pastor thinks uh, we ought to do that, so to speak. Hey, listen, I always, uh, I've always uh, backed up my pastor as long as it wasn't something against the word of God, right? But listen, I don't just want to follow a man because he's the man or whatever. I want to follow him because he's prayed about things and he's trusting God with things. And because I've prayed about it too, I have the same answer that my pastor got or the church got or whatever, because he's praying, I'm praying, we're praying. And so we came to the decision because we're being led by the same Holy Spirit. We're being led by the same God and the same will and direction. That's why when I, when I was the, the member of the church, so to speak. That's why I wanted to agree with my pastor, not just because he was the pastor, but because he prayed about something. And he said, this is what we need to pray about. And I said, well, he's praying about it. I want to pray about it. And so when he says something, I say, right, I believe that's the way the Lord's uh, leading too. Because what Paul say, follow me as I follow Christ. Don't just follow me because I'm the apostle, but follow me as I follow Christ. 
He says, if ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal this unto you. Philippians 3.16, nevertheless, whereunto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing. What's that mean, mind the same thing? That means think the same thing about the same subject. You see, we're praying about the same thing. We should get the same answer. Our will is surrendered to the same thing, and our affections will be toward the same thing. Paul hopes confidently that God will reveal the path of right-mindedness to them like he hoped for the church of Galatia. He said this to the church of Galatia, I have confidence in you through the Lord that ye will be none otherwise minded. That means to be of a different manner, to think of a different way. But he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment. You see, God put the church together and he will lead the church together. So here's a great verse to finish with. Psalm 118, verse 23, as we finish up. What's it say? Psalm 8, 118, 23. Who can quote it? I know you know it. Just don't know the reference. What? This is the Lord's doing. And what's the rest of it say? It is marvelous in our eyes. If God is in it, if God is leading. Listen, it's a marvelous thing. Marvelous means wonderful, extraordinary, something that inspires thanksgiving. Listen, it's a wonderful thing that God manifests himself in the flesh. That's wonderful. That's extraordinary. Giving. Hey, I don't need a microphone, all right? No, I'm just joking, right? Listen, that's something. When we think about God being manifest in the flesh, what do we say? They say, man, that's wonderful. That's extraordinary. That's something that inspires thanksgiving that God was manifest in the flesh. What a marvelous thing that God revealed his son to me and I got saved. You know what? It's wonderful that I'm saved. It's extraordinary that I'm saved. It's something that I can praise and thank God about that I'm saved, right? This God's, God's salvation, that's his doing. It's marvelous in our eyes, right? And as we move forward in our Christian life and forward as a church and God manifests and reveals his direction for us, right? And it reveals his direction for the church. I believe if we pray together and stay together and trust God, when all is said and done and we know, right, that God manifested his will towards us, and we are of one mind and our affections were towards God's will. When all is said and done, we will say, this is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. Amen. God is in the revealing business. So when you have a question, go to God and let him reveal. Let's pray.